Anybody ready? Say, my best days are ahead of me, and they are. So I'm going to pray, and I want you to hook up with what I'm going to say. Father God, I ask you right now as we open the word, it is seed, and it's sown in good heart. Father, if our heart needs a little plowing, I ask you to plow it up. Get us ready to receive from you and trust you for the last days of our life to be better than the first. The last days of this church to be better than the first. And Father God, take us where we need to go and do with us as you see fit. And we give you the praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Get your Bible. Go to Acts chapter 26, verse 20. Now, my sermon, I'm, I'm going to preach on, I, I don't know the name of it. I'm not even going to try to give it a name. I'll let you give it a name. Um, but the Lord dealt with me all last week to preach on repentance. And, and it's a good subject. It is a good subject. But I asked the Lord this question. How do I tag that on Mark? You have, you have three days of who you are in Christ and I'm going to come along and tell you to live right. And you're going to be going, that's a, that's a Debbie Downer right there, baby. I mean, we were having a good time when Mark was here. And it is a good message. I love Mark's preaching. And so as I said that, I asked the Lord this question last night before I went to bed. I said, how do I bridge the subject of repentance? Now, let me tell you why I'm going down this road. Listen to me. How many of y'all are watching what's going on in the world? Asbury Revival, the, all the other. God is pouring out His Spirit. And He's calling the church back to Himself. And the Lord began to deal with me to get you ready for that here. And I asked Him, I said, how, how do I do that? Because I know what you're saying is true. I know that there's people that are not ready for you to come back that are born-again Christians. I know that. And I said, so Mary Friend made a statement. We're pastoring a time zone we've never been in. We can't stay where we were and go where we're going. One more time. Thank you, Barbara. Help me with that because I got one grunt and two amens. We, I can't keep preaching the way I preached 20 years ago in the time zone that we're in. We're, we're nanoseconds from the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth. And God is getting the church ready. So what's happening in, in the revival? Because people, people have, well, and I know people, I'm, just, I'm not criticizing what they're saying. I just want to tell you what this is. They're criticizing what they're seeing because they're not seeing the word preached. And if the word was going to change you, you'd have been changed. So what is happening in, those, in the revivals? The, the spirit of God is coming down on people. And what happens when that happens? He starts showing you you. See, if you want a move of God, honey, I got news for you. When he comes on you, you're going to see a wretch. You're going to be going, ah, help me, Jesus. And you're going to get out on the floor someplace and start getting some stuff right. And I pray it happens here. I mean, I'm, oh, I've been tell you, come on, Jesus. Come in. Come on, Jesus. So he asked me, he said, I want, you to, I want you to preach on that. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to answer it. And hang with me. Does it matter how we live? Does it matter how we live? 
So let me ask you a question. We know that I preach, we preach, that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, everything's become new. You are the righteousness of God. And you, you may not know what I'm about to say. It is very, very true that the average word person doesn't care how they live. They're basically good. They are. Just basically, I don't murder. I haven't robbed a bank. I haven't committed adultery. I'm pretty good. And that's not good. Okay. So, so there's this. Then there, there seems to be two camps in America today. Then you've got the holiness camp. And you better get right with God. And we're like, no, I mean, we're right with God. We're born again. We're washed in the blood. So how do you, how do you preach to people who know they're righteous? You need to live right. I'm saved. I'm saved. You need to read your Bible and go to church. I'm saved. So you get them and start preaching repentance, it just gets real quiet like a Baptist church and you just go home. I'm being serious. How do you, how do you bridge this? Well, the Lord showed me. I want to read something to you about repentance. And um, in, in Matthew 3, John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. In Matthew 4, 17, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is in hand. In Acts 2, 38, Peter said, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus for remission of sins. In Acts 17, 30, Paul said he commanded all men everywhere to repent. In Acts 20, 21, Paul says, repentance towards God and faith towards Jesus. Now, look at Acts 26, 20. I want you to look up it on screen. Because this is a big deal. And he declared to them, those in Damascus and Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works befitting repentance. That's what Paul preached. That's not an American gospel, but that's what Paul preached. What is repentance? Now, I'm going I'm to get ahead of myself right now. Let me, let me jump way ahead of myself, I think. Ooh. I asked the Lord this morning, 5.30 this morning, he woke me up. And I, I'm praying before I go to bed, and I'm going, you know, I know what you're saying, but help me. Help me to say it the way you want me to say it. And at 5.30, he woke me up and says, go in your office and get the book, In Christ, by A.J. Gordon out. And I did. I, he, quoted a script, he quoted a saying to me that I knew was in this book. I'm going to read it to you in just a second. The method of grace is precisely the reverse of the method of legalism. The latter is holiness in order to union with God. The former is union with God in order to holiness. He did not create you to be lawless. What does that mean? What does that mean? Rather than you and I living the law in order to be right with God, Jesus did it for you, and he made you righteous. He made you holy. He, made, he sanctified you. He set you apart. He set you at the right hand of God. He did all that work for you. 
For what reason? So you could fellowship with God and grow in God and become holy. Don't go quiet on me. God is looking for you and I to grow in God. But you don't have to do it from condemnation. You can wake up and go, he loves me. That should drive you into the presence of God. It should drive you to prayer. It should drive you into the word of God. Without it, you will never grow in God. Now, why am I saying this? Because I'm going to show you that without repentance, your life is hell on this earth. I'm a Christian. I don't care if you're Mother Teresa. I hope you went quiet for a good reason. I, I, we, we, need, we need to come back and pick our Bibles back up because once I start preaching the Bible and it scares you, what book do you want me to use? Thank you. I'm doing pretty good here. Say, I'm ready to grow. All right, now let me finish reading this. Christianity obliterates no natural relationships destroys no human obligation, makes void no moral or spiritual laws. The, the, the new creation did not get rid of the Ten Commandments. They're still there. It's just you don't have to keep them in order to be righteous, but because you are righteous, you can keep them. You can walk in love because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You can live righteous because you are righteous. But why would God want you to do that? For your sake. The wages of sin is still death. If you have a rattlesnake in your house, get it out. Don't go, oh, blessed be the Lord. Father, sanctify him. No, he's going to bite you. Don't shout me down. All right. I'm doing pretty good, and I'm not moved by the way you're looking at me like a dog at a new bowl, but I'm all right. The obligation to, uh, to labor remains unchanged, but a new motive and a new sanctity are given to it by relationship to Christ. For, much, for, for so much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. In the Lord. Because you're in God, because you're in Christ, your labor is not in vain. But labor you will. Labor we will do. Okay. The true Christian walk is a reproducing in our lives the righteousness which is already ours in Christ. One more time. The true Christian walk is a reproduction in our lives of the righteousness which is already ours in Christ. Joined to the Lord by faith, we become partakers of his holiness. Is God looking for that? I love something Mark said when he was here. He was preaching. He said, some of you need to grow up. I'm going to make a statement here. Your immaturity is killing you. God's not obligated to answer your prayers if you're not doing what he said. There are conditions. Oh, God, help me with this. Oh, God, I heal my body. Oh, God, help. Well, when are you going to start doing what he said? 
Don't shout me down. This is good preaching. It's old-fashioned holiness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And it comes out of a heart of love. No condemnation to those that are in Christ is one phase of the blessed truth. But, O oh, believer, forget not the other, lest you bring upon yourself a curse of a dry and barren. Now, I'm going to read the word. I'm going to spell it. A-N-T-I-N-O-M-I-A-N-I-S-M. I know. Antinomianism. I'm going to give you the definition. Against law is the belief that, that Christians have no moral obligation to respect the law and one who rejects is socially established morality. Now, right now in America, there's only 3,000 churches that believe in absolute truth. And only 3% of them preach it for fear of offending you. What does that do? It destroys your life. There's too much messes going on in people's lives for people like me to sit back and let you just mess it up. Not going to do it. So God is calling his church back to himself for a good reason. When you get in the presence of God, he's going to talk to you. Matter of fact, he doesn't even talk to you until you get in his presence. Now, I'm going to tell on myself because telling on you doesn't do any good. And Lisa tells me you're an open book anyway, so I'm just going to tell on myself. <laughs> I've had Sundays where I'm up here and thanking God for the service and the whole nine yards. And then I get in the presence of God. Right when I step in his presence, he says, you didn't pray like you should have. And I'm like, I shunned I. How come I didn't know that all morning until I got in his presence? Because his presence is what brings it out. What's happening in Asbury? They're getting in his presence. And they're hitting the deck. We need a move of God. And it may not look like what you, so all these preachers are calling, we'll come preach, we'll come preach. I, I want to look at him and go, shut up. Your preaching hadn't done it yet. Be quiet. Amen. Mine hadn't done it. I'm, I'm, I'm just wanting to think about me. Just be quiet for a while. Amen. So I want to read one more to you. May I? I'm going to anyway. Say amen. amen. Only true resting place for comfort. Let me know that I have repented enough and suffered enough is the voice of faith that is still in bondage to the law. The voice of faith that is free says, let me hear that Christ died in the stead of sinners in whom I am chief, that he was forsaken of God during these fearful agonies because he took my place, and on his cross he paid my guilt. Let me hear that it was his blood that cleansed all of my sin, that I may now appear before the bar of God, not only pardoned but innocent.
Let me realize the great mystery of the reciprocal substitution of Christ and the believer, or rather his perfect unity. He is in them and they in him that he has extremely taught. And let me believe that I was, in effect, crucified on Calvary. And he will, in effect, stand before the throne in my person. His the penalty, mine the sin. His the shame, mine the glory. His the thorn, mine the crown. His the merit, mine the reward. Verily thou shalt answer for me, O Lord, my Redeemer. In thee do I put my trust, and let me never be confounded. It is only because of Jesus you're where you are. It is only because of Jesus that we have any hope at all. You've done nothing. But does that just leave you to just do nothing? I would hope not. It should cause us to draw near to God and to fellowship with him in his word and in his presence. And there is a life that he will begin dealing with you out of love. I'm going to tell you a story now. Right when I got born again, and he loved me so much. Walked into an earnest angelly meeting, got born again, healed, filled with the Holy Ghost, set free by the power of God. Go home, I'm excited about Jesus, and I'm watching the 700 Club. Glory to God. Pat Robinson comes on and said, man that doesn't work, shouldn't eat, and he's worse than an unbeliever. And I went, oh, Shondine, turned it off. <laughs> and I ran out of there and went and got a job. Correction number one. Get up off your ha-ha and go get a job, buddy. So I prayed and said, God, help me get a job. I got a job. God in his mercy. Of course, he's, he could, now he, I want you to understand, God in his presence, and he goes, uh, you need to make some changes. Oh, I, 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 I'm too far ahead. Hold on a minute. I got to back up. The day I get saved, the day, he says, playboys, booze, dope, rock music, garbage, not a month later, not a year later, the day. Clean it up. By the way, I love you. Get it out of here. That was before I get a job. I get a job. I, I walk in and I'm obeying God. I get a job. I walk in. It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm on the second shift. I punch in. It's 4 o'clock. My new boss is standing right there. And he said, Morgan, you're late. And I said, I am not. And he said, yes, you are. Get he said, don't you ever come in here at 4 o'clock and put you in again. And I'm growling. <sighs> and I turned around, and the Lord said, you're late. I said, I'm not. And with all the love he could, you asked me to get you a job. You asked me to help you. You asked me. I got you a job. I expect you. You get here early. You work late. And shut up. I do know you love me. I'll come over here and preach. I'm going, good God, what side of the bed did you get out of? What's he doing? He's helping me. From that day forward, three quarters of my conversations with God was change. I've been doing this 47 years. Do you know what three quarters of his and my conversations are? Change. <laughs> I walk around with a love book. It's only good for about one day. And I have to open it in the morning and go, love is patient. 
and kind. Hardly notices when others do it wrong. Keeps no record of wrongs. And I sit and I pray in the Holy Ghost and I read it and I walk out and I go, help me, Jesus. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by God the Holy Ghost. Working it out is a different story. Let me ask you this. Does it matter how you live? You bet it matters. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. Because the wages of sin is still death. What's God doing? Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, is walking around looking for some moron that he can screw him up. I pray he doesn't find you. Outside the will of God, outside the word of God, and out of fellowship with God. Are y'all out there? It's not God doing it. But we live in a, we live in a, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's now, that's right here. What time in the world do you think we're in? It, it, I mean, it, it's, not, it's now it's popular to be crazy. I mean, if you don't believe in same-sex marriage, you're like crazy. Boy. We've gotten to where now preachers won't even use the word sin from the pulpit for fear of offending anyone. Well, come on back here. Because I believe that that's love, love, love. Are you ready? Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Say amen to somebody and say, I think he's, I think he's going to help us before he gets us out of here. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. 417. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of their mind. Forget the way they do it. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past failings have given themselves to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and been taught by him as the truth in Jesus, put off. Your former conduct, the old man. Put it off. Put it off. Now, let me, let, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story. When, the, in, in Jesus' day, a man was committed murder. You know how they punished him? You know how they killed him? They strapped the dead guy to the living guy's body. They took him, hung him over his shoulders, and they tied him to the living man. Until that body began to rot and putrefy and kill the living guy. Put off the old dude you were. You hang on to that guy and he will kill you. You will stink and you will rot on your feet. I'm just believing God. You get this guy off. Get this guy off. 
don't put the new man on until you get the old man off. I mean, I, I love in him preaching. I, I love it. Two reasons. It helps you and you like me. If any man is in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Oh, you've been made the righteousness of God. But God, you stink. Walking around with this dead guy on you. Old anger. Still lying. Still watching movies that you've gotten so numb to it, it doesn't even bother you anymore. come in the presence of God and you just drag into church like it's a burden. Woo! Somebody say amen. amen. What's God doing in the world? He's calling his church back. Say, he's calling me back. Put off your former conduct, the old man that grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new man who was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. Holiness, righteousness unto holiness. Not holiness unto righteousness. I'm not trying to become holy so I can get right with God, but I am holy because I am right with God. There should be a marked difference. Why did God ask you to do this? For your sake. For your sake. It's not for him. He's doing fine. Come out from among them and be separate, says God. Don't pray in the disobedience. Get a Bible and get it out of you. Get sin out. Cut it off. If your hand offends you, take a hatchet, whack it off. You say, one man said to me one time, he said, Christianity's hard. What are you going to do with the scripture says, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you what? Rest. And then it says the way of the transgressor is what? Hard. Honey, listen to me. Sin is hard. Sickness is hard. Going to jail is hard. Hiding from the cops is hard. Divorce is hard. Being broke is hard. Living for God is not hard. Living for the devil is hell on earth. I, mean, <laughs> I just picked up a book by John Bevere called The Awe of God. Wonder, great, wonderful book, but it ain't Mark. Are they opposed to each other? No, no, they are not. The fear of God is not condemnation preaching. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. It is the beginning. If you're ignorant, start with the reverence of God. If the Holy Spirit doesn't teach it to you, you know nothing. You're not going to work your way out of your mess. It's going to be grace. It, I mean, isn't grace a whole lot better than, than struggling and working and sweating and 
how am I going to do and what am I going to do and fight to enter rest. Fight to enter rest. Stay in rest. Stay in Jesus. Glory to God. Okay. So, so, the Lord said to me the other day, I'm praying the prayers of Ephesians. I'm praying, like Mark said, I'm, pr- I'm reading Ephesians 1. Lord, let me, let me read it to you. Right now I'm so cranked I can't hardly remember. I don't cease to give thanks to making mention of you in my prayers that God of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, glory would give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. The eyes of my understanding be flooded with light. Right then he stopped me and said, um, why do you want me to give you a revelation if you're not reading it? He said, why are you praying for revelation when I wrote it down? He said, if you're going to pray the prayer, read the book. And I went, well, Shondi, that would be good. You don't need to go looking for the revelation. It was written down. I could dance. I don't anymore. That's called the camel walk for all you people who don't know anything about it. Go to Acts 2. Are y'all all right? I don't care, but are y'all all right? I, I'm so glad that God was tough with me. He needed to be. And he still does. I want his presence. I'd rather have him saying change than for me to find out the hard way. I've learned too many things the hard way to keep. I'm I'm getting too old to keep learning it the hard way. Just tell me what. (laughs) He's a good father. Acts 2.29. I want to read this to you. Woo, Jesus is Lord. I don't want to read 29. I'm going to start reading with 36. Therefore, let the house of Israel know surely that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and let everyone of you baptized in the name of Jesus for mission sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy for the promises you. And, it's, and the Bible says that he poured out his spirit on them. Now, listen to this. They were cut. Truth will not always sit well with you. Do you understand that? Listen, 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 listen. In the days we're living in right now, you're going to hear messages you don't like. And they're God. I, I, you know how many times people have said this? Do you know how what you said made me feel? I don't care. Okay, let, let's use, Tanya was here this morning, a police officer. A police officer standing on the side of the road screaming at people, slow down, is worthless. But if they get in their bubble car and they give you a share revenue coupon, all of the people will see it and go, I think we better slow down. 
let, let me make a statement to you. There's a teaching today that God doesn't judge anymore. You better hope he does. I didn't say damned. Jesus took your damnation. But I'm going to tell you something, sweetheart. You keep disobeying, he will arrest you out of love. And you'll be going, I had one man that say to me, Pastor, how come praying in tongues doesn't work? I said, it does work. He said, well, I was on the interstate the other day, and a police officer, state trooper, got on my tail, and uh, I prayed in tongues and asked God for him not to give me a ticket, and he did. I said, what did you do wrong? He said, well, the tags on my car were expired, and I was speeding. I said, let me tell you something. God sent the cop. I wish that praying in the Spirit really did work. It would if you slow down. It's amazing if you drive the speed limit how many cops you don't meet. It's amazing when you live for God how many devils you just don't run into. <laughs> Come on, I'm just I'm, You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you mad. <laughs> I mean, when you run into God, he's liable to have something to say to you. Well, now you know, you know why people quit coming to church? They don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that. You're not going to get this in your seminar. That guy ain't a pastor. And he ain't anointed. Not to pastor you, he's not. Matthew 7. I have a prayer today, and I'm going to ask God to, to grant this my prayer. I want this church to return to reading their Bible. Now, I thank God for books. But the books, this ain't a book. This is God talking. I've gotten to where now when I travel, like I go, we went to Raymond, I quit carrying books with me. I, I have a couple on my phone. But I carry a pocket New Testament with me. And I've spent more time now reading it than the book they're writing their book about. Because there's nothing like picking up the Bible and just reading it. You see, the reason that my sermons bother you is you're not reading your Bible. Because it's more brutal than I am. The Bible is a tough book. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Deceiving yourself. You stop and go. Whoa, ho, 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 ho. Letting, if you're double-minded, let not that man think he'll get anything from God. <laughs> oh, that's a tough scripture. You could have lightened up a little bit on that one. But the Bible is pure and holy. Amen.
Are you, are you in Matthew 7? Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, not hears them, not agrees with them, but does it. Read the Bible to do it, not to understand it. Develop a relationship with God through his word. To the degree you love your Bible, you love truth. To the degree you love truth, you will be free. I'm going to read another scripture to you in a minute. I'll show you something. This is my prayer, and and I'm praying that everybody in this room right now, in Jesus' name, will pick this back up. With a yellow highlighter, an orange one, a red ink pen, a black ink pen, a blue ink pen, to sit down with God. Because while you're reading it, he'll talk to you. And he'll help you. The moment you turn to him, grace kicks in. Because you can't live this life without grace. You said it's hard. It is if you're doing it. I just got one week of Mark and I'm tired. Well, you should have gotten in the spirit because he said this is the rest. Okay. I'll be done in a minute. Y'all, you can just throw me out of here and I'm going to get something to eat. Anybody ready for a move of God? We got two millenniums bleeding into each other right this minute. And the things God's going to do in his church are going to be astounding. Already beginning. Listen, he skipped over the faith camp and went straight to Methodist. And then the church of God. And then to a college. And just skipped right over the church. Not this one. Not this one. Not this one. I'm going to finish reading. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Not Jesus, the word. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. It was founded on the Word of God. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and goes home and says, I don't have to read in my Bible, I don't have to do that, and I don't have to pray, and I don't have to do any of that stuff, is like a foolish man who built his house in Daytona Beach on the sand. If you build on the sand in Daytona Beach, listen, hurricanes are coming. Oh, God, don't say that. Don't make that confession. Don't you make that confession. I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to use my confession is that storms are not coming. Honey, they're coming. I don't care what you confess. But I'm believing God that it won't happen to me. It's ha- Listen to me. If you're sitting here, if you're sitting here listening to me, Satan is already planning your downfall, and he is going to throw something at you and knock you in your, where your head is, where your feet are. Do you understand me? He did Paul. Who are you? He did Jesus. Who are you? But there's a difference in Paul. There's a difference in Jesus. They were in the Word. You build on the Word or you will go under. Are you clear? What Satan's planning through the New World Order, 
They're just getting started. They're already tracking everybody. They ain't been vaccinated, which would be me. I have a thing in my office that shows I've been vaccinated. Someone gave me a card. It's illegal, but I have a card. You don't. I'm having a good time. I've gone through trials before when everything cleared. There was nothing left but me. And I went, okay, I don't own anything. I don't have a job. I don't have anything. But I'm still here. And I ain't dead. So I think I'll just go forward. You know God doesn't tell you what's coming because he don't want to scare you. Just kidding a word. Now, where was I? Go, go to Psalm 119. Go to Psalm 119. Then I got one more after that. I got one more after that. I don't like quiet all the time. I, I say I do, but I'm lying. I like a lively church, even when I'm preaching good. All right, Psalm 119. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to what? Your word. Let's go to the next one. And with my whole heart I sought you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. And with my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and I will contemplate your ways. How do you do it? Right here. How often? Every day of your life. Can you? You may. Let me give you one more. Beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God. Your flesh is not saved. Mine ain't. You know how I know? Don't pray in the Spirit one day. And put me in traffic with Yankees. No, I'm teasing. I'm just trying to get a rise out of y'all. Who are sitting at the traffic light on their phone, and I have somewhere to be. And Lisa goes, who's Jack? Everybody I don't like on the road. Hey, Jack. The light has been green, and it's not getting greener. And Lisa's going, honey, love is patient, love is kind. Shut up. And then I'm going down the road going, Heavenly Father, I need to go back and pray and do a little bit. <laughs> who's the other one? Leroy. Leroy. Leroy is a guy who's, he's not doing bad on purpose. He's, hey, Leroy, that's, that's a nice person doing wrong. Jack is an idiot. (laughs) 
Go to Proverbs 4. We fight all battles from victory, guys. You will always hear from this pulpit who you are in Christ, what Jesus did for you at Calvary, and I will take you back to the foundation of that as often as I need to. Because without that foundation, what I'm preaching right now is very difficult to hear. You can't get him to love you more. But nothing you're doing is making you righteous. You're already as righteous as you'll ever be. But from that righteousness, God's expecting you to grow up. He wants his church to grow. Proverbs 4. So I was reading Rick Renner's book one day. I love Rick Renner's book, No Compromise. I'm scared to preach it. When it says in the book of Revelation that Jesus is going to pull out a sword and walk into his church, I'm like, I ain't preaching that here. (laughs) But it says it. And he's going to cut you off. There's another one over in the book of Jude that says, In the last days there will be preachers who will preach the grace of God as a license of sin and whom they will not make it to heaven. I'm afraid to preach that here. It's, folks, listen. There's no such thing as eternal security. There is if you stay in walk with God. God will keep you. You don't have to worry about God. He said, I'll never leave you. But folks, there's a reason the devil's after you. And some people are just ignorant. Proverbs 4, my son, verse 20, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from in front of your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life to those that find them and health to all of your flesh. You want to be healed? Get a Bible out. Sickness is spiritual. All sickness is spiritual. All of it. I was reading the other day John G. Lake's book, and he was talking about being down in Africa during the bubonic plague. And they said him and another guy were burying people dying of the plague. No one, you couldn't pay someone $100,000 to bury a dead guy in Africa. They, they, the bodies were laying around stinking, but no one would touch them. They'd get the plague. So John G. Lake went down with a friend of his, another minister, and they started burying people in a grave, digging graves and burying them. And they came down, they said, what are you doing that you're not getting the disease? He said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And they said, well, I don't understand how that works. He said, take the plague and the foam coming out of another man's mouth and put it in my hand, and it will die. And they did, and they put it in his hand, and it died. The life of God in you is more powerful than hell. 
But then he said something. It is not just because I'm saved. It is because of my walk with God. I stay in his presence and no weapon formed against me or prosper. Every tongue that he said, I cannot die of a disease from hell being full of God. Stay full of God. Stay full of God. Do they have another plague lined up? Yes. Have you already found out that you can't hide in your closet? It will find you. Why don't you just come out of your closet full of God? Why don't you just get full of God? I came that you'd have life and life abundantly. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you'll condemn it and prove it to be wrong. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You are with me. Your word, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of the Democrats and the Republicans. Glory be to God. Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not afraid. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm done. I think I am. Let's see. Y'all remember Rush Limbaugh? Some of y'all didn't understand what I said. (laughs) So is it possible for these two streams to come together? Yeah, it is. I love to read John Bevere's book on the awe of God and the, the fear of God. Not being afraid of God. Reverence. Reverential fear. Oh, he's all. Without him, I can do nothing. Everything I am and ever will be is you. Just sit and get excited and worship God. Get full of God. Read his Bible. Get full of God. Be happy when everybody else is sad. Be healthy when everybody's sick. Have money when everybody's broke. Your job can't keep you. My God will meet all of your needs according to his. Seek first. Draw near. All of them are actions. Somebody say amen. I'm going to pray now. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to ask you to do something right now. I don't, I'm not, I am not going to make a spectacle of you by asking you to come up in the front while everybody can see you. I am going to ask you this. If while I'm preaching, you're going, I think he's talking to me. I want you right now between you and the Lord to stop and say, Heavenly Father, 1 John 1, 9 says, if I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin. You're not going to walk in health in sin. Not going to do it. You're not going to walk in the blessings of Abraham. He says he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Sickness is unrighteousness. John G. Lake was talking to a man one day and 
He came for healing. He says, it's not working. And John G. Lake had a word of knowledge. He said, what's this money? What's this money that keeps coming up? And he goes, yeah. He said, I had a brother-in-law died, and I, I took some of the inheritance, and he didn't know it. And he goes, go pay it back. Go talk to him. Tell him. And you'll come back healed. He got up from being prayed for, went and talked to his brother-in-law and said, remember that time that I took some of that money you didn't know? Handed him the money. As he stood up, the anointing came on him and he was healed. Are you all out there? Father God, thank you this morning. Thank you for the word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the word of God. I thank you that every one of us sitting here right now, are the, we're born again. We have a life of God in us. We can't grow in righteousness. We're already righteous. Everything that we will do is birthed out of the fact that you love us. But out of that, we're choosing right now that if there's things in our life that you don't like, we will put them away. We will put them away. You, you did what you did for us for our benefit. If the Lord is speaking to you, and he has been speaking to you, I want you to get it out and lay it on the altar right now. Just get it out of your life. Just get it out of your life. I don't care if it's porn. I don't care if it's bitterness. If it's bitterness, get rid of it. Get bitterness out. It'll kill you. Bitterness is the dead guy on your back. You want to talk about killing you, it'll kill you. Rebellion? Lying? Stubborn? <laughs> Papa God, thank you. For by grace, we are delivered through faith, not of yourselves, it's a gift. I'll say this with me, Heavenly Father. I want to thank you. Jesus paid it all. You said I can come in the throne room in a time of need. You said Jesus is my advocate. I'm here to talk to you. I'm asking you to wash me in the blood of Jesus. Put my feet back on the right path. I am a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Forgive me for ignoring you in Jesus' name. I had an encounter with God three weeks ago. I don't want to tell you about it. I woke up in the four o'clock in the morning and my room was as black as night. And the Lord said to me, there's something I want you to change. I wasn't even aware of it. And he showed me I don't like it. I had been asking the Lord, you ask him, he'll show you. I laid there for a half an hour just weeping in his presence. Father, I, I, I see what you said. Yes, I have been doing that. No more. I didn't just say forgive me. I said I repent. I won't know do this anymore. 30 minutes later, the joy of God in me. Peace passes understanding. 
I said, thank you for the blood. And I thought, boy, he's pretty serious. I mean, if he's doing that to me, and I'm perfect. <laughs> not really. Not really. I knew that y'all would think that was funny. He didn't call for perfect people. There aren't any. I thank God that the Holy Spirit is in my life. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.